Tonight's going to be so good. Welcome to Winning Wednesday. This is your free NCLEX review for the week. Hi, my name is Regina Callion. I am so happy to be here as your professor. We're going over pacemakers today. And if you are studying with me, you have my lectures, you have the Quick Facts book. This actually does come from Quick Facts for NCLEX pacemakers. And this topic, what page is it on? I was reading in the comments. You guys told me that it's on page 66, which is, yes, it's on page 66. And this is my page 66. It got so busy as I was preparing for the class that I had to do it. Team Remar had been asking me to do this for you guys. They said, you need to go back and do it. You need to get back to it. It really helped the students. And I am just going to do it tonight. Do you know what it is? In order for me to teach pacemakers, I have to bring back the clipboard. I just have to bring it back. And if this is your first time, you don't know about the clipboard, but the clipboard is saving lives. All right. I want you to know about pacemakers very intimately. I want you to not be afraid of this topic. And a lot of it is terminology. And so because I'm an NCLEX instructor, of course, I'm going to go over basic fundamental terminology because it helps you in the long run. So let's get into it. We're going to do our foundational review together. And again, this is pacemakers. Oh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me do it the right way. Welcome to Winning Wednesday. This is pacemakers on tonight's topic. Love your content. Just as a reference, my February event that I'm doing. I'm only doing this one because it's your girl's birthday month. Love your content will be next Monday and next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Um, you'll be happy to know that the workbook will be going out this evening. So while we're on class live, you will be getting emails if you signed up for it. This is the workbook. There's a surprise in here for you. You'll see it when you get the workbook and print it out. Bring that workbook to class. Okay, we need it. It's different from what's in V2. This is the workbook for this year. So definitely have it if you're coming to class next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's not too late to sign up. So easy to sign up. It's a free class. Welcome, Liberia. I'm so glad that you're here. Go to, in order to sign up, go to remarnurse.com forward slash love. That's it. Okay. You go to remarnurse.com forward slash love. I will send you the workbook. You guys should be getting it on tonight. Let me know when you have it. What else? What else do we have? This program right here is going over the entire globe. All right. This is my NCLEX review program. I'm really proud of it. We have nurses that are passing NCLEX every day because they are simply doing what you're doing now. But then after coming to a class, they're going back with my book and my lectures and they are preparing for NCLEX, some in 30 days, some in two weeks. And so I believe that if you have this program, you are doing the very best for yourself to pass the NCLEX. And I'm happy about it. Okay, let's do pacemakers. Let me do it like this though. Clipboard, Sharpie. Hi, everybody. Pennsylvania's here. Liberia's here. Who else is here? Do I have Ghana? Do I have Gambia? Okay. Do I have U.S. representing? All right. Pacemakers, let's get into it. Let's just start with 
this term here. So we know that a pacemaker typically is an assistance to the myocardium to help them, the muscles, I say, to help the muscles to create a healthy heartbeat. All right. Who do I have here? Congo, Nigeria, Kentucky, the Philippines, Orlando. Oh my goodness. Love it. Keep representing. Hayati, I see you. Now, yes, this is typically a machine of some sort for NCLEX. But did you know that your heart has an intrinsic pacemaker? Okay. Your heart has a normal pacemaker. What is it? What do I put right here? What is the normal pacemaker of the heart? What are we writing there? I know you know it. Come on. We haven't seen the clipboard in a long time, but you know this stuff. Help me fill this out. So we have here the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to remember these letters. If you remember these letters, SA, okay? Yeah, you're going to recognize the right answer. The SA node. And so this is your heart's normal pacemaker. It does the job. It tells the atrium. It tells the ventricles, hey, let's get it popping. It's time to contract. Now, this is great, but there are a lot of patients who have a dysfunctional SA node. They don't get heartbeats in the way that they need to, to the point where they become symptomatic. Their heart, their heart becomes a Brady rhythm. Okay. They have bradycardia. So there are Three different types of pacemakers that you need to know. Some are temporary, some are permanent, all right? The most temporary, this is the pacemaker that if you need one in a hurry, you're gonna get the transcutaneous pacemaker. So this would be like the first pacemaker that a person would get. So this would be first. I'm just gonna put here first, okay? This is a pacemaker that is done trans cutaneous. Trans means through. Cutaneous means what? How are we pacing this patient if we're using a transcutaneous method? Tell me what the cutaneous stands for. Common term. We learned it early on in nursing school. Cutaneous means through the skin. Very good. Through the skin. So we literally put patches through the skin of the patient and we electrocute them. Okay. We electrocute them. We shock them through the skin. This is very temporary, okay? Now, a permanent pacemaker is one that they are implanting into the pectoral muscle of the patient, and it is going to generate a heartbeat, okay? Which is, this is another treatment. So you have here temporary, very permanent, okay? But in between a temporary and a permanent, you can have this right here. This will be like a second step. This is called transvenous. Now, if we pace a patient transvenous, what are we pacing them through? What are we doing here? What's going on? Have you, have you heard of this? Did you learn this in nursing school? If you learned this in nursing school, I apologize. I'm doing a review for everybody right now. Just give me the answer. Okay, transvenous means we are using a vein. Yeah, we're using a vein. So it is like, um, it's like IV. We're using like, we're using a central vein. 
and we are going to pace our patient. Okay, this is big. I love this. All right, so this would be a first step, second step, and then this would be third. Of course, this is the more permanent. All right, so these are the three types of pacing that a patient could have. Now, there are two terms that I want you to know in terms of how we are setting our pacemakers. The first is the most common in its synchronous. You can see synchronous in your cardiac nursing book, but it also may say something else. What's another word for synchronous when we're talking about a pacemaker? What setting is that pacemaker on? Synchronous also means, let me write this, demand. This essentially means that this pacemaker is not going to fire unless the heart rate drops below a certain beat. Like, unless it drops below, I should say, a certain rate. This is like, if the, if the doctor says, you only need help if your heart rate goes under 60 or 62. All right. So this is more common. The um, asynchronous is... Um, what do I have here? I have here asynchronous. Oh, this is the word I want to have. I want to make sure I use is a fixed rate. So this means that the pacemaker will always fire no matter what the heart is doing. All right. Very rarely do you have this one. Mostly you're going to see synchronous pacemakers and NCLEX will ask you about synchronous pacemakers more likely permanent transcutaneous. I don't see too many um, NCLEX questions on transvenous pacemakers, but I do want you to understand them. All right. So this is just the first part of it. All right. Are we on the same page now? I think we are. Always check. If a patient has a pacemaker, what are we always checking? What vital signs are we always checking? I want you guys to be able to see the board. What am I checking here if my patient has a pacemaker? Well, I know you guys know we're checking the we're checking the blood pressure. Mm -hmm. We're gonna check the heart rate. Yep. What else? You want you want to take it? We're gonna take somebody says make it an apical pulse just to be sure. All right. Love that. Okay. So we're gonna be checking these things here. Okay. This is just part one. So now we understand essentially the language. I can talk about pacemakers. And if I say transvenous or transcutaneous, I like that too. Okay. Those are good too. Um, if I say transvenous, transcutaneous, synchronous, asynchronous, we're all on the same page. That's great. But that's really not all that pacemakers are. So let's get into part two of clipboard day. Right? I don't even know if I'm going to get to my slides because we might be able to do everything just on the clipboard. So the next thing that I'm going to show the Remar nurses is this. What is this? Liberia, Kenya, US nurses. What are you looking at? You are looking at a picture of what? A ECG? Kind of. Yes, this is an ECG. Kind of. This is a this is a, a, a ECG, but this is your cardiac cycle. 
this is what it looks like when your heart is beating perfectly. So let's talk about how a pacemaker gets all up in this cardiac cycle. Okay. Okay. So this is it. This is um, NV2, but it's, diff it's presented different, differently. All right. So just quickly, we have here P wave, QRS complex, and then T wave. Okay. When we see the P wave, what does the P wave represent? Let me give you choices. Is the P wave your atrium or your ventricles contracting? Which one? Which one? This is important. Everybody should know this. When you see the P wave, you know what part of the heart we're always talking about. We are always talking about the atrium. The atrium is the first to contract. Okay, in a healthy heart, P waves represent atrial contractions. Now, QRS represents what? What does this entire segment represent? If this is atrium, then this has to be what? The only, only other half left. This is the ventricles, yes. And so it's very important that these little things are mastered, okay? Because we can't talk about a pacemaker until we understand the normal function of the heart. So don't even worry about the T wave yet, doesn't matter. Just P wave, QRS complex. Follow me, never lose me, okay? So now that we have that out the way, now we can get into pacemakers. Here, let's talk about it. Let me get a different highlighter. Okay. So if you're looking at an ECG and you see this, talking about pacemakers, okay? And you see this. What kind of pacemaker is this? If you're looking at a strip, if NCLEX shows you a strip and you see that right there, what kind of pacemaker are you working with? Are you working with an atrial pacemaker or a ventricular pacemaker? And you guys are super smart, smart nurses. You did the review, so you know. This is what type of pacemaker, atrial or ventricle? This spike right here on the P, right before the P wave. Okay, perfect. We're on the same page still. Okay, I'm working hard today. If you see, if you see this, <laughs> if you see this, what kind of pacemaker is it? Atrial or ventricle? Give it to me, right? So we are learning, we're reviewing this. If you see this spike, it is a ventricular pacemaker, okay? What if you see this? What kind of pacemaker is this? What would you say? Hmm, hmm, hmm. 
anybody know what this is called? When you have both, you have a spike in the atrium. Somebody said it's called both. It's called both. <laughs> you have a spike here. This represents the this represents the pacemaker spike. It is sending a stimulus to that part of the heart. Okay. Sending a stimulus to this part of the heart. People call it a, a dual, a dual pacemaker. Okay. Atrial ventricular. All right. Here we go. This is it. This is it right here. All right. So now that we know the background of this, let me see what else do I have? How many papers do I have tonight? Okay. I want you to look at this. Let's talk about this. All right. So now you understand what you're looking at. Okay. Atrial pacemaker. So where do we expect that spike to be? We expect that spike to be right in front of the what? The P wave. So here's the spike. The spikes look the same. Here's a spike. Here's a spike. And then right after that spike is the what? It's the P wave. All right. Welcome. Welcome. This is Winning Wednesday. This is how we get down. So we have the P wave here. And then naturally it goes into the QRX complex. So this is a successful this is a successful capture. You have the spike and then the heart says, okay, it's time for us to go. And then the atriums contract and then the ventricles contract. And then you have the T wave here, okay? The heart relaxing again. And then you have the spike that says, hey, don't relax too long. It's time to go, okay? And then the, the atrium contract. And then the ventricles contract. And then you have your ST segment here. Okay. All right. And then now look what happens here. Explain to me what is going on. You have the pacemaker spike. And then what? What's going on here? You have the pacemaker spike again because it says, hey. Nothing happened. Another pacemaker spike. Nothing happens. Oh, my goodness. Is this good? No, 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 no. All right. So this is indeed failure to capture. This is a bad sign. Yeah, essentially, this is asystole. Here, your patient has what? No what? Okay. Sometimes they'll call this um, they'll call this a non-capture. They'll call this lack of a P wave, lack of a QRS complex. Okay. Your patient has no blood pressure, no pulse. This is not good. So anytime you see on NCLEX failure to capture, non-capture, lack of a P wave, when they are talking about an atrial or a ventricular, or a dual pacemaker, you know what that looks like. You guys also know now how to read if you have an atrio or a ventricular pacemaker. Very good. Very good. Okay. All right. 
clipboard served us well. Now let's get into it. So we're talking about pacemakers here. And the, the function of the pacemaker is to facilitate cardiac pacing to reestablish effective circulation and normalize hemodynamics, okay? Normalize hemodynamics. And pacemakers are going to be primarily prescribed for your patient who is unable to generate a, or transmit an intrinsic electrical signal. If your heart cannot produce its own electricity, then no contractions will occur, all right? Now, the pacemakers can be permanent, like we talked about, or they can be temporary, just depending on the um, conduction disorder or depending on the, the client. So let me ask you this, because if you are in, um, in emergency, some, some nurses come from um, medics, paramedic school, paramedics do pacemakers. If I said paramedics did pacemakers, would you expect them to do transcutaneous, transvenous, or permanent pacemaking? If I said the paramedic can establish pacing, which pacing would they be able to do? What would you say? And if you're just joining and you're like, I don't know what any of this means, just hold up. But if you've been with me through the start of the class, which pacing would we expect them to do? Exactly. The transcutaneous pacing can be done in the field. And let, let me tell you this. You know what does transcutaneous pacing? This thing, the defibrillator. Do you know the, the defibrillator machines, the ADs, they can do pacemaking. They can do transcutaneous pacing. It's just literally a setting that has to be um, programmed. So transcutaneous pacing can absolutely be on your board exam because regular people can do it, okay? Um, also, don't forget, whenever we are doing transcutaneous pacing through the skin, by the defibrillator, thank you for taking those notes. It can be painful because remember, we are sending what? We are sending electri electricity through the skin. It's like tasing a patient or shocking a patient. It is painful. It can be very painful. So we do wanna give a sedative to these patients in the best possible situation because it hurts, it hurts. Your normal cardiac conduction system is your SA node, the sinoatrial node. Remember, if the sinoatrial node fails, okay, the atrioventricular node is supposed to kick in and begin to try to generate a contraction. And then remember in nursing school, if the AV node fails, then we have the bundle of his going into the Purkinje fibers. However, at this point, we are in what type of rhythm? We are typically in severe bradycardia. Now in nursing school, you do need to learn this pathway. You do need to learn 
the compensation mechanisms of the heart. So SA node, AV node, bundle of his, Purkinje fibers. You also need to know the maximum number of beats that each one of these compensatory mechanisms can produce. All right. And so I will leave that up to you to fill in those notes, especially if you're in nursing school. Not so much for NCLEX in terms of the numbers, but nursing school. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So we're talking about pacemakers here. Why a patient may need um, them, the symptomatic presentation, the diagnosis, and the investigations. So the symptoms are going to be what? If the heart is not functioning optimally, the body is not getting enough oxygen, the body is not getting enough, enough circulation or nutrients, your patient is foremost going to be reporting dizziness, lightheadedness, syncope, fatigue, and of course, they're going to have a reduced activity tolerance. So poor activity and tolerance basically means they can't do anything. They get tired. Getting up and going to the door is going to be too, too much for them. The diagnosis, I saw somebody put here, the patient will have an um, AV block. They will have a AV block after an MI, or they may have sinus node dysfunction, sinus node dysfunction. When we talk about the pacing systems, there are essentially two. You're either going to have a permanent or you are going to have a temporary pacemaker. Now, the pulse generator or where that electricity is coming from will be based off of if you have a permanent or a temporary pacemaker. So for example, um, the permanent pacemakers do have a battery that is implanted. And you have to be um, very aware of the battery life. You have to be aware of the usage of the permanent pacemakers. Some new pacemakers have leadless pace pacing. So you don't have to worry about positioning as much. Also, um, some can be inserted into the subclavian or the cephalic vein. Temporary pacing, such as the transcutaneous, is done through external patches that are put on the skin. And so the lead system can be transcutaneous. Some can be transvenous, epicardio, or transthoracic leads. Diagnostic, we are going to try to detect intrinsic cardiac activity that can be through an ECG, EKG. Treatment is just going to be take over, take over the electrical impulses. So we're going to have the device emit an electrical impulse that will essentially excite the endocardial cells and produce the depolarization in the myocardium. So it's a cycle of depolarization and repolarization. That's what it is. And you absolutely should know what those terms mean. If something is depolarized, okay? If your heart is depolarized or if your heart is repolarizing, right? 
because those all indicate contractions. And that is what the heart's main function is. The heart is only doing three things. Okay. Four things. I'm sorry. It's beating normally. It's beating too fast. It's beating too slow or it's not beating at all. That's it. That's all the heart is either beating too fast, beating too slow, not beating at all, or it's normal. It's normal. All right. These are terms that you should um, be familiar with. Pneumothorax, for sure. This is a complication of getting a pacemaker implanted into your skin. Pleuratic pain, hypotension, respiratory distress, hypoxia within 48 hours after the procedure. Ventricular irritability. Of course, that just kind of sounds what it is. The ventricles are irritated because they have something that is not supposed to be in them. All right. The ventricles are not used to having wires or anything touching them. And so when you have a battery operated device emitting electrical activities, well, it's going to create problems such as um, irritability, dislodgement, and this can happen whether it is a temporary or a permanent pacemaker. One of the complications that a patient will have not only is non-capture or failure to capture, but it is displacement, dislodgement. The patient um, accidentally, you know, displaces their pacemaker because they're just not used to having it. Um, and then you can also have perforation of the ventricular wall or septum. And this is definitely going to result in a decrease in blood pressure and an increase in the heart rate because your patient will begin to go into shock. So many complications of the pacemaker. That is why I am taking time to go over it from the Quick Facts book. Also, I do talk about this topic in the EKG overview. So if it seems really, really fast, I'll tell you... Um, Watch this video again if you need to, but also don't skip out on getting a, um, an NCLEX review, my NCLEX review to help you. Because I'll be honest and I'll tell you, a lot of what I'm teaching you is not taught in nursing school. So my EKG review is one that essentially will give you an advantage in cardiac nursing and on your board exams, because a lot of nursing instructors do not present this information in this particular way. They'll tell you to read the chapter, but then they won't be able to go. <laughs> they won't be able to go into detail about it. I, I'm a cardiac nurse uh, by history. So this is my wheelhouse. I will make sure that I'm giving you the real deal about pacemakers and cardiac in general. You should know it. Another complication of pacemakers is you have, of course, the catheter or the leak becomes dislodged. And so you will have issues of oversensing, meaning the patient is getting too many heartbeats, too much stimuli. You will have undersensing. You will have failure to capture. The pacemaker is just not going to be functional. And of course, anytime you do an invasive procedure, anytime you go into a sterile field, such as the heart, such as the bladder, such as the liver, you put your patient at risk for infection, phlebitis, hematomas. That's it. That's it. Um, 
So these are very simple principles that you can learn and understand. You just got to review them. And anytime you have, um, it says here, infection and phlebitis can occur. The temporary pacemaker insertion site, um, also infection and hematoma also may occur in the site of even a permanent generator implantation. Cool. Again, what two types of pacemakers are we going to be looking at mostly for NCLEX? We're going to be looking at the permanent pacemaker or the temporary pacemaker. The permanent pacemaker is going to have more malfunctions in terms of it's just not uh, producing enough stimuli in order for the heart to respond to it, okay? Um, the operation system is not functional. It's not compatible. That's the type of problem you will have with your permanent pacemaker. Whereas your temporary pacemaker, this is where you're going to get issues with um, no pacing stimulus, because if you have pads on the patient and the pads become disconnected, um, you have a failure to discharge, you have a failure to capture, you'll have over sensing. So when a paramedic does pacing in the back of an ambulance or on the scene of uh, whatever, a shooting, they have to almost play with the electricity that they're putting through their patient's body because, because, because you don't really know what it's going to take for the heart to respond to electricity. So sometimes you're going to start off at the lowest level and then you may find yourself working your way all the way up to the highest. All right. Um, and so temporary pacemakers are kind of more temp, temp um, what is the word? Temperamental, temperamental, because you have to figure out what's going to work for your patient. I do go over this in the V2. Um, somebody's asking me for the strips. EKG strips is something that you absolutely need a full lecture on. You can't really just make it really fast like I do for the lives. I would show you the five that you need to know, but I don't have my V2 workbook with me. Somebody who has their V2 workbook, um, let me know what page is the EKG review on. Nursing priorities, because guess what? We're about to get into some questions. We're going to get into some questions tonight. Um, the nursing priorities for you before a, a pacemaker insertion is you are going to have to be able to establish for NCLEX anyways, if your patient really needs to have a pacemaker. Is it really a need for a pacemaker or could it be something else? And that's the tricky part. Um, the conduction, abnormality, location. So you should be able to look at this picture. You should be able to look at this picture and determine where the problem is. Is there no P wave? Is there no QRS complex? Where does your patient need the help? Okay. And this is what I feel like nursing schools lack a lot of is spending time with this. So important. Okay. Um, I have nurse Brown here. Oh my goodness. Hi, Regina. I passed my first try on NCLEX today. Thanks for all successful stories. Remar has been my motivation with God on board. I need megaphone to blow the horn for Remar. Oh, I appreciate this so much. Thank you so much. This was, um, I just needed this. I'm telling you, I just needed this. I showed up for class for you guys. 
for you guys today. So I'm, I'm grateful for that amazing testimonial. And I'm really proud of you because passing NCLEX is life-changing. Okay. Oh, another one. It says, good evening, Remar family. I did send a message to Remar team, but I wanted to come here and say that I passed my RN boards. Took it Saturday and found out Monday that I passed with 85. Congratulate this nurse. Okay. Questions. Questions after seven years. This works. Get the V2 and you will be more than okay. God bless you all. Oh, this warms my heart. This warms my heart because you know what? After seven years, that lets me know. That lets me know that the things that I tell you are true. You don't have to go back to nursing school. You don't have to, um, you know, spend hours and hours reading the fundamentals again. You don't even have to pay a lot of money. You don't need a private tutor. You don't need to study five, six hours a day. You don't need four or five NCLEX review programs. Honestly, the way that you pass this exam is get into V2, study your quick facts, make it livable, okay? No more than three hours a day, 30 days or less, get your license. I don't care how long you've been out of school, okay? Uh, Nurse Allen says, hi, Miss Regina. I took my NCLEX PN on January 31st. I passed with 110 questions. Thank you so much. That was my third and final. You didn't say that. That was your third attempt but it was your last attempt. So now you're off, you're off. Nothing can stop you now. Amazing, amazing. This is what I want. This is what we're all here for. This is what we're all here for. We all want to be able to give that testimonial. So thank you so much. Is V2 only enough to pass NCLEX RN? I'm an international graduate. I assure you, you do V2 because V2, I mean, when people say is V2 enough, you have to understand what V2 is. V2 is different from any other NCLEX review because V2 is a combination of review, okay, content lectures, simple videos, all right, and then you have next-gen questions to go along with it. It's not just, it's not just a question bank, and it's not long videos with a whole bunch of questions. It's concise to the point. So if you're an international nurse, you need the to the point strategy. You need the to the point lecture, all right? I don't wanna waste your time. And so V2 is for the international student who already has, has been waiting but now you just want to get to the meat of what's important. My friend became an RN. She used your content this month from Uganda. Okay. So V2 was designed for the nurse who wanted to get the information as easy and quickly as possible and who wanted to have everything in one place. I know nursing students who are trying to use this program for questions, this program for lectures, this program for motivation, this program for this. You, you know how many people do that? How many people end up trying to combine four different programs because they are missing things that they actually need? Some of you right now, V2 has it all. You're going to get my books. You're going to get me as the lecture. You're going to get my question bank. 
And it's on sale right now because we're doing the Valentine's Day sale. So it's on sale right now. So check it out. Go to remarnurse.com. Okay. Go to remarnurse.com and give yourself the opportunity. Okay. Try something different. Whatever you have been doing, if it's not V2, I'm telling you, you're here for a reason. People that come to Monday Motivations and Winning Wednesdays have my program and they see the difference. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's get into these questions now. We have our priorities here. After insertion, our main clinical priorities are electrocardiogram monitoring, making sure that that is um, on par and also making sure the patient has no complications. We do have to teach the family and the client what type of pacemaker they have, what that procedure is going to look like, and also living with the pacemaker. There are certain electrical precautions and electromagnetic wave precautions and infection precautions that your patient will have to be aware of once they get, okay, <laughs> once they get this pacemaker. Let me just read this to you. Just let me read it in your hearing. So when we're doing teaching overall, these are the points that we have to teach our patients. And I know you might be like, oh, it's really small. I can't see it. But these are really fundamental points in nursing. I just want to read them so that we can have all of our bases covered. Okay. Client activity. When a patient gets a pacemaker, they should absolutely do range of motion exercises and passive range of motion exercises after 48 hours, okay? I it, The patient should not baby, baby the, um, the pacemaker because what it will do is you can lock up this entire shoulder and you get frozen shoulder because you have not been working out this area. How do we know if a pacemaker is not working? Signs of uh, malfunction, if the patient has decreased perfusion to the brain, meaning they feel dizzy, they're confused, they have syncope. Um, also, if they're having issues with fluid retention, if they're having puffy ankles or they're having swelling in their abdomen, then we know that the patient's kidneys are not able to do the job, okay? Signs of infection, easy stuff. We always know signs of infection. If a patient has at a surgical site, redness, swelling, if they have increased drainage, if we see something that looks like pus, mm, soreness at the implantation site, we know that could be possible infections. Medications your patient may need, antibiotics, and of course, warfarin to thin the blood. Home care, follow-up, really easy. Make sure that the patient is going to the um, physician as they need to, the cardiologist as they need to. And then if the generator, if the pulse generator needs to be replaced, it's done same day surgery. The patient usually can go home. Elderly client considerations. When it comes to a pacemaker, elderly clients have an increased risk for dislodgement just because the integrity of the skin loses elasticity. So loose skin is going to kind of be an issue because the skin is one of the things that holds that pacemaker in place. It's usually just placed right underneath the skin. So if you have thin skin, 
then it's easy for that pacemaker to actually flip and move around, which is not going to give you the results that were intended. Love your content is coming up next Monday. So this is how it's going to work. We are going to do Monday motivation as we always do. We, we never not do Monday motivation at noon Eastern time. Never. We always do that. And then later that night, I will come back on. You will bring this and we will go over our first patient for Monday. Okay. First patient for Monday is this young lady here. Okay. And she has a lot of things going on. Okay. She has a lot of things going on. So we're actually going to do a simulation. This is going to be very helpful for a maternity review. I love it. Sharon says, I can't wait. I can't wait either. I'm really excited about it. Um, and so then we'll do her simulation. There'll be questions that you'll have to do. So print this out because this is not, and make sure that you have um, this year's, okay? It should look like this, okay? Um, so if maternity is something you want to review before NCLEX and you need to go over it anyways, most of us do love your content. And I'm not even doing it on Valentine's Day. I'm doing it on the 12th and the 13th. So if you have Valentine's Day plans, that's fine. I don't care. I want you to spend 12th and 13th with me. All right. And the workbook will be coming out. All right. So here we go. Question number one. I told you we're doing questions. So let's do this one. A male client was brought to the ED due to syncope. The client has a long-standing history of cardiac issues. Which of the following findings indicate a need for cardiac pacing? All right, here we go. Number one, elevated potassium level. Two, loud S2 sound. Three, long-term use of metoprolol. Four, regular narrowing of QRS complex. All right, let's do it. This is Winning Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. We come here because most people are making excuses about how they're not going to study. Mm but we get it in every week. We don't make excuses. Take the weekends off, but on Wednesdays you study. Correct answer. Looks like I see it. Number four, regular, regular narrowing of the QRX complex. This is going to indicate possible third degree AV block, which is a uh, bradyarrhythmia, all right. Um, so it is irreversible, warrants a pacemaker to improve cardiac pacing. The other options um, are arrhythmias, but they may be reversible. Option two, not concerning. Mm, this is good. Question number two. A nurse is caring for a client with a temporary pacemaker. Which of the following interventions should the nurse prioritize prior to endorsing to the next shift? Number one, capture sensing and capture baselines. Two, the battery life of the pacemaker. Three, performing pacing wire insertion care. 
four, check fluid retention levels. Mm, this is good. What do you say here? This is really interesting. Another case of everything being correct, but what is the priority? Everything is correct here, but what is the priority? My goal tonight is three out of five. Three out of five. There are some tricky ones. This is one of them. And I can tell by the different answers that I'm seeing that we're all, we're all on the same page. Correct answer, everyone, is number one. This is the most important. Everything is right. This is the priority. Capture sensing and capture baselines. Knowing, remember, remember again, this is what it looks like if you have non-capture, non-capture. So before I give my patient to another nurse and this person has a pacemaker, I need to know what my patient's baseline is, all right? This is the most important thing. Um, let me go back to the options. Some people pick the battery life of the pacemaker. Perform pacing wire insertion care. Check fluid retention levels. Those things are great, but only number one, only number one, the other ones are good. Only number one tells you if the temporary pacemaker is doing what it is supposed to be doing, okay? Number two, we don't even have a battery pack for the temporary pacemaker. Remember, it's going to be like on the defibrillator machine or something like that. Like that's not the priority. You know from the content that we did that temporary pacemakers have what type of issues? Non-capture, the leads move. So that is going to be your priority. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. It's very easy to do when you have other options that sound good. Okay, so number one was the right answer here. Let's do this one. Um, a client was recently, this is question number three. A client was recently started with a temporary pacemaker. The client's heart rate appears below average in the telemetry. To correct this, what must the nurse do first? Number one, check the pulse rate manually. Two, assess the position of the patient. Two, check if leads are secured. Three, replace the pulse generator. Here we go. Love these kinds of questions. This is absolutely, absolutely a safety question. But at the same time, this question can only be answered if you have actually studied pacemakers. Not just did random questions from a question bank on pacemakers. You have to understand 
how the pacemaker functions and how it helps your patient. Content over questions. I can't tell you guys that enough. Don't show up to this class thinking you only going to do questions. That's not me. That's the other NCLEX reviews. Correct answer here. I hope you got this one right. Number three, check if the leads are secured. The pacemaker is having failure to discharge. It's due to what kind of pacemaker is it? It's a temporary pacemaker, right? You need to check those leads. A lot of people picked assess the position of the patient. That's not what NCLEX is asking you. It's giving you everything that you need here. So a client recently started with a temporary pacemaker. Cool, we know that, we understand that. What's the problem? The client's heart rate appears below average in telemetry. That's the problem. That's it. Client's heart rate appears below average. So this is the problem that you fix as the nurse. How do you fix it? Okay, let's look at the choices. Are we going to check the pulse? Nope, that's not going to fix that problem. We already know actually that the heart rate is what? Is below what it needs to be. Two, assess the position of the patient. I put the word assess, okay? I put the word assess there because I knew I could get some people distracted by that word. But again, what are we looking at? We're looking at the position. The position is not the problem. The patient is not the problem. The problem is the temporary pacemaker. Number four says replace the pulse generator. Not going to happen in a temporary pacemaker. If you know temporary pacemakers, know, you know that they don't have a pulse generator. Three is the only one that makes sense. Okay. All right, so we're breaking down content that we already studied and we're looking at it again. Let me try another question here. Mm, okay, here we go. A nurse is caring for a patient with a newly implanted pacemaker. The patient reports feeling lightheaded and dizzy upon standing. Vital signs reveal a heart rate of 60 beats per minute when lying down and 45 beats per minute upon standing. Which action should the nurse prioritize? Number one, notify the healthcare provider. Two, assess the oxygenation of the patient. Three, assess the pacemaker functionality. Four, administer intravenous fluids immediately to increase heart rate. <laughs> this is a good one. You don't even have to tell me. I already know. This is a question that has some people stumped. This is the question why you showed up for class because this is number, this is, a, this is real safety. And it's really not critical thinking. Ooh, I see so many different answers. I see so many different answers. Okay, what are we going to do in this situation? Let 
All right, I'm being dramatic. Sometimes I can be dramatic. Okay, come on, Regina. The correct answer is number one. Too many people got this one incorrect. I wasn't being dramatic, but I just was confused because y'all notify the healthcare provider. Let me go back. And let's read this again. Nurse is caring for a patient with a newly implanted pacemaker. Temporary or permanent? Permanent. Permanent. Okay. Um, the patient reports feeling lightheaded and dizzy upon standing. <clears throat> okay. Mm. Okay. Remember this happened before? All right. Give me one second. I can still, let me still, because what happened is the whatever. So anyways, the patient reported feeling lightheaded and dizzy when they stood up with a pacemaker in place. And then it goes on to say that when the patient is lying down, their blood pressure is one thing. But when the patient is standing up, what happens to their blood pressure? Their blood pressure does what? It goes down. Their blood pressure goes down. So because this happens, because this happens, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about that pacemaker? Okay. It tells you that that pacemaker is what? It is not functioning properly. It tells you that that newly implanted pacemaker is not going to perform. It is not capturing the stimuli that it needs to. Let me put it up here. Um, there we go, right? And so the question is, what do you do about it? Because remember, the pacemaker is not a temporary one where you can see the leads and you can assess the leads. Number two, assess the oxygenation of the patient. No, we already know the patient, they're lightheaded, they're dizzy when they're standing. A lot of people pick number three, assess the pacemaker functionality. Well, how are you going to do that, nurse? How are you going to do that? You can't because it's implanted, okay? Four, I don't think too many people picked four, um, administer intravenous fluid to increase the heart weight. I thought maybe somebody would, would do that. But essentially, there's nothing literally for you to do because you've been given your assessment already. That's, that, that is what um, we can do in situations. We can assess and make a recommendation. But here, your assessment essentially has been done for you. So the correct answer is number one. Are we all, are we all on the same page uh, with this one? I think somebody said, shouldn't we assess it before? But no, there's really not, there's not really much more of an assessment that needs to be done uh, here in this situation. The, and it's maybe interesting because usually our answer is not call the healthcare provider. Usually there's always something that the nurse can do. And I think sometimes 
we just want to look for something. We, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. All right. And so we, we always think, well, there's something that I must be able to do. But then there's certain situations where you just can't, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. And this is one of those situations where there's nothing more that you can do. Yeah, I'll read the rationale again. So it says here, the patient's symptoms, this is the assessment, lightheadedness and dizzy upon standing, along with the significant drop, okay, significant drop in the heart rate uh, suggests the possibility of a pacemaker malfunction or dysrhythmia. So notifying the healthcare provider promptly, this is the crucial step that, that needs to take place. That's it. All right. All right. I'm moving on. Question number five says this. I'll make it bigger. Hold on. A client with a permanent pacemaker presents with new onset chest pain and dyspnea. Device interrogation reveals a sudden increase in pacing threshold and loss of capture. What is the most appropriate initial reaction? Number one, administer antiplatelet therapy to prevent thrombosis. Two, refer for emergent lead revision to restore capture. Three, arrange immediate cardiac catheterization for evaluation. Or four, refer the client for urgent device extraction. Hmm. This is a lot of terminology. That's all this is. It's the most appropriate thing the nurse should do. <laughs> okay, think safety too. You know the situation here now. The correct answer, we're gonna have to go with, yes, we are, we're going with number two. It's the most important thing, okay? That's the biggest issue that your patient has here. We need to refer them for emergent lead and revision to restore capture. And again, this is essentially just based off of the content of pacemakers. What do you have here? You have a patient with what type of pacemaker? They have a permanent pacemaker. Typically, you're not gonna have a permanent pacemaker unless you have a very serious heart condition, okay? You have second or third degree heart block, right? Something like that. So it is a permanent pacemaker. They're having new onset chest pain and shortness of breath. So that tells you how this pacemaker is helping them, okay, if at all. They're having new onset chest pain and dyspnea. And then they do and device interrogation. An assessment is done and it reveals what? A sudden increase in pacing threshold and loss of capture. You guys know loss of capture because we talked about it. What is worse? What does loss of capture mean? That means that your patient is what? In a systole. It's in a systole. No blood pressure, no heart rate. 
what is the priority? What is the priority? Here go my options again. The most important thing for us to do, not give blood thinners. Blood thinner is not gonna do nothing for this patient. Now, if it said give epinephrine, might go with that, but not warfarin. Two says refer for emergent lead revision to restore capture. Yeah, that sounds good. Three, arrange for immediate cardiac catheterization for evaluation. Nope, not gonna help. We already know, we don't need to evaluate it. We know the thing is not working. <laughs> and then uh, four says, refer the client for urgent device extraction. Well, no, that's not good either because if we take the thing out, then the patient is not gonna be any better off. It doesn't make sense for us to do that. So number two is the correct answer. How'd you do tonight? Seriously, pacemakers. Oh, it's a big topic. It is a big topic. I put some in V2, but the EKG information is in um, the quick facts as well. So, I mean, quick facts and V2 together. Never separate those two. People say, can I just pass with quick facts? I don't think it's the best way because there's so much in the lectures that you um, that you don't have in the quick facts book. So just do both, just do both. Um, how did you do? Three out of four, three out of five, five out of five. Amazing, you did five out of five, that's amazing, wow. Um, but this is what we do again every Monday and Wednesday. So now I am confident that you have a better understanding of pacemakers than when we first began. And if that is true for you, then my day is good. I've done my I've done my job today. Number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. Over a thousand nurses joined tonight's class. Tell me where there is a bigger NCLEX review. Nowhere. We had nurses representing many continents, and that is what makes our community so fantastic. Is that we uh, we assemble our knowledge, and we um, we assemble our our willingness to learn, our humility and also our care and concern for each other. You cannot be a nurse if you don't care about people. You cannot be a nurse. And so we seeing each other as brothers and sisters and um, giving our time and sacrifice. And everybody here is sacrificing. Samantha says, um, my dad passed away on Monday. I'm so sorry to read this, but I am here trying to stay focused. I have my NCLEX in three weeks. Everybody here is sacrificing something to be here. And so Samantha, as you are, um, as you are grieving, we just want you to know that we are, um, we are, we're very proud of you for pushing through. I imagine you are trying to make your father proud by finishing this huge task of passing the NCLEX. And so um, I'm here. I'm going to be here, guys. God willing, every Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to be here because I know that you uh, that you show up. You show up just as I do. Okay. So yes, we uh, you have our sympathy. You have our condolences. Um, and you are, you're so strong right now. You're so strong for being here. It really is... Um, it really is something uh, special, what we have going on. 
And I hope that in all of your life, that when you have passed NCLEX and when you're working as a nurse, you remember this time, um, the struggle, the challenge, because I do believe that it will help you to appreciate the better days that are coming for you. And when you have your nursing license, you will be uh, very quick to help someone else because of the, um, the hard times, I think. They built character in us. So each one of you, may God be with you, your households on tonight. May you continue to pursue your goals of becoming a nurse. May you work hard during this time because I promise you, once you pass NCLEX, I guarantee you this, you'll never have to take it again. That's the beauty of it, all right? You'll never have to take it again. And so let's just do what we have to do to pass this crazy test so we can get our nursing license and go off and teach somebody else, all right? Help somebody else come into nursing. Don't forget, everyone, Love Your Content is coming up. The next time you see me, it will be Love Your Content Day, February 12th and 13th. Set your alarms. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to sign up for this free class and you have not done so, what are you waiting for? Hmm. Go to remarnurse.com forward slash L. O-V-E. And I'll see you there. If you don't have a Valentine's, you don't have Valentine's Day plans, guess what? You got something better. You got a date with your nursing license. You got a date studying this information. And I'm going to tell you this. People might let you down. People might not show up for you. People might not give you what you deserve. But I'm telling you, that nursing license, that thing will show up for you Every time you get paid, every time you go to the bank, you're going to say, I love this nursing license. It's doing me right. <laughs> All right. And so many relationships can't say that. But I guarantee you, when you get your nursing license, you're never going to want to lose it. And you're going to have that thing for life. All right. So I'll see you next Monday and next Tuesday, prayerfully. Get your workbooks. Make sure you have them for class. 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to do this thing. Thank you so much for watching. Also, again, if you are coming to this class regularly and you do not have my NCLEX V2, you are missing out because what I do here is just a small part of the big thing, which is the V2. So you either in the V2 or get the free trial. It's super easy to sign up for it. No credit cards needed. Just jump in and you can kind of see how I teach. You can also get into my QBank and all those questions that you'd like to ask me, the free trial will answer for you 100%. So go to remarnurse.com, join my free trial, join my class um, and take the learning to the next level. Let me upgrade this entire experience. Thank you for those of you who are actively studying with me in the V2. I love hearing about it and I love hearing about your testimonials and how well that you are doing. All of my nurses are passing NCLEX whether you're international, whether you are in the U.S., whether you are interstellar, wherever you are, Remar is coming. Remar to the world. I mean it. I mean it. You'll hear about more of that later. <laughs> Thank you for watching, guys. Bye-bye.